Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey guys, Joe McCall with the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I got an exciting podcast today for you. Real excited about this because I have one of my best friends. Um, Todd, you might just be my best friend in the business world. Oh, sure. Chuck's Joe. <laughs> you too, my man. I love you, bro. Uh, I won't go that far. I can't say I love you on a podcast. I don't care, man. I love you, man. I love Joe McCall. I love you, bro. I love you, bro. Yeah, Dude. it's a yeah, it's a YA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's cool. Todd is a one of my best friends, if not my best friend, and uh, I've known Todd since 2008, I believe it was. I bought his course, um, lease purchase wealth manual, I believe is what you called it, lease purchase wealth, and uh, got me started in the business, and we became friends shortly after that. I remember. We've interviewed Todd before, by the way, guys. You've got to go back and listen to that interview we did with Todd. I think we've interviewed him once or twice. Um, Todd has his own podcast called the No Limits Real Estate Investing Podcast. It's a phenomenal podcast. And on there is some of the best stuff you'll ever find on podcasting world, having to do with um, sales and conversion, how to do more deals. And on there is a series that he did uh, do or die with his brother, Tom Kroll. And uh, fascinating. I think, Todd, that those series of podcasts you did with your brother has had a huge impact in the industry. I don't, I don't know if you're aware of that, but um, really, really phenomenal and ins- inspired a lot of people. Todd is an inspirer. Uh, he'll fire you up and kick you in the butt and get you going with, and won't let you have any excuses. Uh, that's what I love about Todd. He'll tell you like it is. He won't hold anything back, and but he's still nice enough to care, so you don't feel like he's a jerk. But at the same time, he's like kicking you as hard as he can <laughs> to <laughs> to get out there and stop making excuses. What do you call it? The do- no dojo zone or the um, the dojo zone, like the no limits. Is that yeah, no, no. It's it's welcome to the dojo. That's the but one of the things is that you know we're not going to necessarily kick you, but we're going to throw you off the cliff, and you better learn how to fly, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. So Todd is a massive, massive wholesaler. He's done tons of deals in a super competitive, difficult market, and I hear people complain all the time about how their market is too competitive and it's too hard. Um, but Todd's been crushing it for a long time. But we're going to actually be talking about that and why it actually is hard mm-hmm. and what people need to change in their thinking and in their in their business to actually do more deals and convert more more leads into into deals so anyway um guys if you want we're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff on this podcast if you want to get the show notes if you're going to be talking about links and we're going to be talking about just good stuff. I'm going to be keeping all of my notes here, putting them into the show notes at realestateinvestingmastery.com. So go to realestateinvestingmastery.com. And if you like this show, if you like the podcast, leave us a review in iTunes, please. Go to iTunes, subscribe, leave us a review. Even if you don't like the show, leave us a review anyway. And we'd appreciate that. The show um, can't go on 
without your support, we get uh, we have listeners in over 170 different countries, and it just helps to know that people are listening, that they care, they like it, they're leaving us reviews. And in fact, if you go if you go to realestateinvestingmastery.com and do a search for leave a review, get cool stuff, or something like that, just Google. I mean, in the search bar on the website, search for stuff, and you'll see a podcast I did where if you leave a review. We'll send you some free stuff. It's pretty cool. So check that out. So Todd, Todd, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome today. I've got my coffee, ate breakfast, got in, uh, two workouts already today, uh, recorded a video, and uh, I've been pumped up for this podcast for a while. Awesome. I know that you've got a lot of great guests, and uh, I'm really thankful to be here, Joe. So I'm uh, ready to rock. And it's only 9.30 a.m. your time right now. Come on, baby. Come on. <laughs> that's, that's good. Todd will fire you up. Okay, Todd, so um, you're, I, I want to ask you a few questions first, and I'm going to tie this into what we want to talk about. Um, you're in a really, really difficult market, some would say. Uh, you're in San Diego. House prices are through the roof. They're going up. Um, a lot of competition for deals. The seller's expectations, um, whether they're realistic or not, on what they can sell their house for. So you have a, a lot going against you, but still you're doing a lot of deals in a difficult market. And you've done deals all over the country. Why San Diego, Todd? Why do you want to do deals in San Diego where it's quote-unquote hard? Well, it's funny, Joe. Uh, when I was in college, I was a, a, a collegiate swimmer. And then after a couple of years after that, I was really, really into triathlons. And there was this guy who I used to train with. His name was Luke Dragstra. And this guy was an absolute animal. I mean, th- when we used to go out and train together on the hills or um, – you know, it, it was like he used to love to run in the heat of the day. And I'm like, why do you always love the hardest workouts and, mm. and, and, and pick out the hardest races? So when registering for races, he used to pick out the, the most challenging ones. And he said to me, Todd, I love adversity. I love adversity, mm. right? Because the reason why I love adversity is because I look as that to my advantage, that everyone else is going to quit and that the, uh, the spoils, the victory – will be that much greater. And so whenever anyone asks me about San Diego, I always kind of, that, that, that pictures, uh, I picture, jo- uh, excuse me, Luke telling me that. And I'm like, man, you know, he's totally right about that. You know, we're in San Diego and everybody's sending out postcards. I mean, we send out our acquisition manager to a house and there's 15 or 20 postcards that month sitting on the desk. So he has to compete with that, right? Yeah. But here's the great thing about this. Here's why I love San Diego is that because it would be easy to pack up and go to another market. But when we get a, when we get a property, right, we know that we had to fight and claw and really enhance our skills to a level that we never thought possible. Right. And so uh, there's two reasons. Number one is that we know that when we sell that property, right, the spoils will be much greater. Oh yeah. Okay, the spoils are much greater. So while other people are fighting for seven, eight thousand dollar wholesale fees, we do thirty, forty, fifty, even a hundred thousand dollar um, wholesale fees on a regular basis. Right, the, the hundred thousand ones aren't that common, but um, we've done them. Your average? Can I can I tell you people what your average has been? Yeah, twenty eight thousand dollars. Twenty eight grand. Twenty eight grand is your average <clears throat> wholesaling profit in and San late, Diego. And lately, that's actually been bumping up. Um, we've been wholetailing a few. And so that just you know shoots it through the roof. Wholetailing, for those of you who don't know, is when you list it on the MLS, right? 
Well, we actually buy it and then take our time and then sell it to a retail buyer. But you don't put much into it. Nothing. No, no. We don't yeah. touch it. No, nice. no. We don't touch it. Nice. No, I'm allergic to all that stuff. <laughs> okay, good, good. So yeah. you're, <laughs> you're doing traditional wholesaling, as it were, uh-huh. right? And uh, you're, you're coming in with a very singular focus to buy these houses. You don't get creative at next necessarily, right? You're just you're making offers to buy these houses. Yes. No, Joe, let me, before we move on, you know, and I, I want to go back to uh, it being so competitive. The second reason though, and here's why I love a competitive market, okay, is that it forces you to be better. Yeah. Okay. It forces me to run a better business. It forces me to hire better people. It forces me not to be complacent. Okay. And it forces me to have a, a real business that when I step out of it, is go, it's going to run without me. Okay. Now, I'm not going to tell you and sit on this podcast that uh, I don't ever run into challenges in business or, you know, we're, um, we never have a bad month, right? Because that happens, right? But the vast majority are good months and an amazing business where we're getting better and we're focused on getting better every single day, right? Do you think that NBA players, do you think they want to go and play in, uh, you know, like the, 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 the uh, developmental league because it's easier? No, they want to play with the best of the best of the best. And that's how I kind of view working in a competitive market. Very good. And Todd, in a competitive market, and, and, and by the way, let's face it. I mean, there's some markets that are maybe more competitive than others, but every market in the U.S. is competitive. And there's really no secret list. There's no secret strategy. There's no secret postcard or secret letter that, Todd, you have the corner on, right? It, 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 you're, what is it that you're doing that allows you to wholesale big deals, as many as you do every month? Okay, so there's, there's, there's a couple things, Joe, all right? And I fully agree with what you're saying. There's no secret letter or secret list. Sure, do you want to get smarter about your mailing? Yes, but in my world, okay, I want to, A, try to get the phone to ring first and foremost. And if that phone don't ring, all right, then you better get on the phone and ring somebody, mm-hmm. okay? So right now in our deal, we just hired two amazing new acquisition specialists, and they're actually working leads that are over a year old. I mean, these things are like ice, ice, ice cold. Wow. And I said, look, we have a rule of 90 days in our office, right? And I'm, I'm reading a book called The Compound Effect. We actually, we just recently finished it, right? And so when you uh, have a picture yourself um, hand pumping a water pump, you know what I'm talking about? Those old school hand pumps, Joe? Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? And what you're doing is, and, and if you're brand new, I don't care if you're calling Craigslist. I don't care if you're calling Fizbo's, expired listings, any of this. If you get on the darn telephone, you are going to lock up deals in your market. Yeah. Okay? So you want to pretend like you got this big pump, right? And you're chunking. Uh, 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 and you're chugging this thing. And, and all of a sudden, you know, the sellers are hanging up on you. And no one wants to sell their house. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm working so hard. Uh, uh, and there's no water coming out. There's no water coming out. Right? And so what does everybody do that first week or two, Joe? Oh, they give up? They give up. Right? That's the first level. And that's like 90% of people right? Then there's the other 9% of people who then they're still pumping, right? Pumping and pumping, pumping, pumping. And then a little bit of water comes out, right? And they stick their tongue underneath it. And they're like, oh my gosh, a little bit of water. But they're like, oh my gosh, that was way too much work for way too little money. Right. Right. So the other 9%, they quit. Mm. Right. And that's about, that's like about like the 60 to 80 day mark. Okay. Now the last 1%, okay. The guys who make it, they keep on pumping. 
because they know that once they get that momentum, right, something they call the big mo in the compound effect, that that water is going to start pouring out uncontrollably, right? And they've got it. And then once you've got that water pumping, right, do you know how hard you have to pump that lever once you have that water going? Not very hard at all. Not very, barely. Well, you you can create a siphon, right? Yeah. That's what it is. It's a siphon. So if you work hard and you work that pipeline, right, and you're pumping that thing for 90 days, and that's the number, 90 days right now. Our, our new guys right now have four or five deals in the pipeline, and these are all really, really old leads. And these are like big deals, like $30,000, $40,000 deals, and those contracts should be coming back any moment. So if you hear some noise coming uh, from the next door room from this podcast, don't be surprised. Awesome. <laughs> right? And so the key is, um, A, make sure that you are on the telephone every single day day. All right. That's the yeah. first thing. And then two, which is equally as important is that you better be refining your skills and spending your time with the right people and talking to them the right way. Yeah. Very, very good. I'm writing these down. These are good notes. I hope everybody else is writing notes down too. You were talking about the, the priming the pump. That reminds me of the three M's I've, I've, often thought of this as the three M's. And I borrowed this from a friend of mine, um, Craig, Craig Fuhr. The three M's to success in this business, marketing, momentum, and mentor. And marketing is obviously the most important thing. And if Todd is exactly right. If you're not making the phone to ring, you need to make the phone to ring. In other words, if, if you're, the marketing that you're sending out is not getting your phone to ring, you need to pick up the phone and start cold calling. And if you don't want to do it, we'll get somebody that does. But there's something about momentum where it's really, it's like a big giant rock, right, Todd? And it's hard to push it first, and you're fighting, and you're pushing, and you're pushing, and it starts to move a little bit, and that could take 90, 180 days, but that rock finally starts going because you're consistently doing the marketing, you're consistently talking to 20 sellers a day, making 20 offers every single day. That rock starts to move and move, and it starts rolling on its own, and pretty soon it becomes hard to stop. And, and how long that takes, I don't know. It just depends. But that, that momentum is so important. And everybody that I've ever invested or inter- interviewed on this podcast, Todd, that is having success in this business, it's because they've never quit pushing that rock, priming the pump, getting that ball rolling, because that's where the magic happens, right? You know, I'm going to blow that concept up a little bit. Okay. Go ahead. (laughs) Right. I think the people who have had success are the ones who are taking those leads and following up on them violently. Okay. Okay? They're like taking that lead and treating it like it's a piece of gold. Like they've been on an island and they've been starving for 30 days. And this is like the fish that they've caught after trying to catch one, you know, for 30 days. Right. And so a lot of people, Joe, they'll market, right, in a competitive market. And then the leads will come in, and then they'll wait 24, 48 hours, maybe seven, you know, six, seven days to call them back. And then nobody was ready to jump off a cliff to sell them their house. And then they're like, <laughs> you know, my market's too hard, <laughs> right? Well, no kidding, it's too hard, right? Your, your lead is like, A, you didn't work the database. B, you didn't get them back to them fast enough, right? And C, you didn't work on your sales skills, yeah. right? And so – I think the people who you've probably – I think they'd agree with me is that yeah. marketing is great because I'd prefer uh, an incoming lead over an outgoing lead. You know, But um, it's still the same thing. Like if you said, hey, Todd, I'd like you to spend uh, – I'll spend some marketing 
and uh, you know I'm going to take my time and have let's say, pretend like I had two sales reps working for me. And for one guy, I'm going to mail uh, thirty thousand postcards, and he's going to get back to everybody just once, like most people do, um, and not follow up. Versus a guy who's going to work ice cold database and follow up with those people for um, 90 days, right? To 100 days, ice cold leads. I would take the guy who's going to follow up with the ice cold leads 90 to 100 days every single time. Those of you that have heard me talk about no lead left behind, I stole that from Todd Toback. You know, I'm still waiting for my royalties on that, <laughs> just so you know, everybody. <laughs> but I, I, I always try to give you credit for that. But that's uh, I've I've hung on to that thing, that phrase, and I have used it a lot in my own business. Uh, when I'm coaching other people, no lead left behind. Let nothing fall through the cracks, and uh, that is so important. The the intense follow up, and you know the stats, Todd. You've seen it before. It's eighty percent of all deals across all sorts sales organizations happen after the fifth or sixth touch, but only five percent or something like that actually even make more than one point of contact with the client. Oh, that, yeah. I mean, that's that's so true. I mean, it's it's eighty percent fall within the fifth and twelfth contact. Right. Right. So we recently had a training, Joe, and uh, actually you passed that on to me. Right. Um, I think that was a little like a Instagram post, but you shared that with me. Yeah. And during that training, in one day, I shared that eight times with hmm. my sales team. Yeah. And so every time I'm like, hey, you know, I'm just curious. And I'll walk around the office. How many times do you have to follow up with a prospect to get a deal? And now they all say five to 12, five to 12, five to 12. You know, they, they can just say it off the tip of their tongue. Everybody understands the 90 day follow up here. And uh, man, that's so true. Well, good. All right. So, Talk about conversion, Todd, because it's one thing to get the phone to ring it's, and, and talk to a seller. It's something else entirely different, isn't it, to know what to say to that seller on the phone mm-hmm. and, and how to convert them. I mean, you guys, you're aggressive when you're on the phone. with You guys aren't obstinate, <laughs> but um, talk a little bit of maybe, maybe steer this conversation towards how do you train your people to be sales animals, conversion machines on the phone with sellers. All right. Well, let me start with a story. Is that okay, Joe? Sure. So back in uh, 2000, uh, when was that? Maybe 10. Okay. It's a couple of years after we met. I was working in my office and uh, man, you know, the market had crashed and I was doing deals. I was working really, really, really hard though. I was a one man shop. And, uh, I, you know, for me, I had, uh, developed my sales skills. So I was not a natural born salesperson at all. Right. I remember I, you know, I was in sales jobs before where I didn't sell anything and I quit. I totally stunk. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then, uh, you know, I went and actually got a job in pharmaceutical sales with Pfizer. I was selling Viagra and actually that company was, uh, really, really generous and invested in me and gave me a ton of training. I mean, that was like a real turning point. And my mentor, Derek, he taught me how to dance with a customer. And one of the things he says, you want to dance with a customer, but you always want to make sure that you're leading, right? Now, leading does not mean that you're um, you know, being aggressive or forcing someone. Like when someone's leading, you can't even tell that they're leading. Does that make sense? A really, really good dancer? Yeah, yeah. You know? And so one of, that was one of the first concepts um, that he taught me. And so I took that over to real estate and I learned how to – one of the, the words that we use – and by the way, I want to emphasize this, is that if you're not improving your sales skills – 
Okay, if you're not increasing your conversion skills, it is my belief that you will be out of business within wow. the next couple of years. That's a bold statement. That's a bold statement, right? Because the people who can convert are going to be spending time with the right people, stealing the deals, getting bigger assignment fees, right? If they're getting bigger assignment fees, they're going to afford to be able to spend more on marketing, right? Versus the guys who are there, you know, getting the table scraps, right? Spending money on marketing and not converting, right? Just makes sense. You're going to be out of business. Yeah. Right. And so you can either get better with the trend, right? Or find yourself on the outside. Um, so back in 2010, uh, I decided that I was going to make my first hire. Okay. And his name was Brian. And Brian is still with me today. And uh, he was referred to me by a mutual friend. And he had no sales experience, uh, barely any real estate experience. He's a BPO agent. And, um, you know, really, I met him face to face on the interview, and I didn't even know what I was doing in terms of interviewing. This is my first hire, <laughs> and the office was totally in the ghetto. By the way, I remember someone was actually in the back alley vomiting, throwing up some a homeless guy. <laughs> but uh, you know, the thing about Brian was I hired him because he was referred to me by a mutual friend, and and I, I, he couldn't even get words out of his mouth. But I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to make this work. So I'm sending out mail for Brian, and. After about six months, guess how many deals Brian had done? Uh, I don't know. Zero. I was going to say a couple. <laughs> Zero. All right. Right. Meanwhile, I'm to the left of Brian. We're working hand in hand, right? And I'm locking up deals left and right. Boom, 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 boom. Right. And I'm loving it. The market's starting to come back, and uh, we're uh, I'm making money. And I'm thinking, man, what am I going to do? Like, you know, Brian came to me from you know a mutual friend, and I don't want to let him go, you know, but. Uh, it, I've got to make this work. So I went and I spoke with a mentor. His name was Dwayne outside of the real estate industry. And he's like, well, Todd, this is simple. He's like, you have to get out of what you have to get what's in your head out of your head and onto a repeatable system to teach Brian. And hmm. of course, like, you know, someone who's got that personality like you and me are like, uh, systems and yeah. teaching, uh, right? Like what a pain this is going to take so long, but I knew it had to be done. Right. And I basically created, uh, I, I basically created then what is now the no limit sales system in our company. All right. So I wrote it down. I trained Brian. Um, after I, uh, after I taught Brian the no limit sales system, it was crazy. Uh, I think it was about, uh, seven days after I f sat down with him when we were head to head, it may be a little bit longer. Brian closed his first deal for $35,000. Wow. What year was this? This is like 2010, 11. Okay, all right. Yeah. Man, man. Yeah, I remember the market was like just starting to hit the bottom, right? So um, then what happened next was uh, Brian closed another deal, $17,000, another one for like $27,000. And I'm like, man, he caught fire. <laughs> and before you know it, right, we started going back and forth. Brian would say things a certain way. So he uses something that we call a negative mismatch. So a lot of times sellers, what they do is when you ask them something about their house, they freeze up, right? And they act like they're not motivated, right? Like if you go to a car lot and say, uh, and you're sitting there and a car salesman walks up to you, what do you say? I'm not interested. I'm not interested, right? So a lot of these sellers initially that Brian was talking to before we had the, the no limit sales system here, right? Uh, seem like they were not motivated. Right. And so Brian would just pass on them. So these are like late, like white hot leads that we were just throwing in the trash because we misread hmm. the situation. 
right? Now, some of those sellers weren't motivated at all, but using the negative mismatch is something that we, that we use to basically disqualify that prospect so we weren't wasting any time, all right? But here's what I love best is that Brian started making massive amounts of money in the company, right? As a matter of fact, he made um, not his first year, but his second year, he generated seven figures for the company alone, right? And he was making a, a, a healthy, healthy six-figure income working in my company, right? And right now, he totally kills it. Yeah. Um, but one of the biggest things that, that I saw was that Brian was having fun talking on the telephone, right? He developed this uh, professional arrogance, a posture, confidence, right? That he knew that we were providing an amazing service and that we were out here to serve a portion of the population that wanted to um, give up a portion of their equity for speed and convenience, Right. Yeah. And so that was like, wow. And so once we hired Brian and we gave him that system, which we, he was not a natural born salesperson. Now we take that system and we give it to virtually any new hire. All right. Give him that system and get him productive within 30 days. Within 30 days. So within 30 days. Hmm. Now you just, uh, you just hired a bunch of guys or you were doing some training recently, right? Uh, within the last week. Yeah. We uh, actually rented a condo down in Mission Beach. Uh, we hired two new sales guys and we just trained two days straight. Okay. Awesome. Good. Now, how many sales guys do you have right now working for you? Right now we've got four. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, and, and what do these guys do all day? I should say, I should say three sales guys and one sales gal. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be interesting to see who does better. If you take people the same skill set, would a woman close more deals than a guy does? I bet you she would. You know, I, I've heard like a lot of people say, oh, I want to get a woman because, you know, she's going to seem less intimidating. It all goes back to, and this is not a podcast about hiring, but it's A, you want to um, A, find the right person with the right personality, right? But if you're a solopreneur, right, obviously it's you. So you're not necessarily going to have to hire a salesperson right away, right? Yeah. You need to learn how to talk to motivated sellers and convert them and uh, offer value and spend time with the, the right people. But uh, it all goes back to who's also going to develop themselves. So one of the things about Brian, if you met him, you would not think that he's one of the top salespeople in my company, right? But I always, I always tell Brian, I said, this is the standard of what it is to develop yourself, right? You must invest in yourself, right? You should be listening to podcasts. You should be listening to sales training. You should be getting mentors. You should be feeding your mind with really, 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 really good stuff. You want to be spending your time with people who are ready to do business today, not people who are going to uh, not treat you the right way. And so all of that in combination is going to put you in the mindset to do more deals and make bigger assignment fees. And I can tell you that 90% of this has to do with posture. If you believe what you're offering, Hmm. is of value. And, and then in tandem with that, you're spending your time with people who see that value. You're going to see your results increase exponentially. 90% has to do with posture. Yep. Can you um, break that down into a little bit more? What, what does that mean? Is that something you can train somebody to learn or does that just have to be something they already have? Does that make sense? No, you can definitely train it. So let me give you a, a great example. So we were working with one of our sales guys uh, yesterday, and we had a motivated seller on the phone, and he was ready to go. But he was like, you know, uh, I don't like this assignment clause, and uh, I don't like this, um, you know, that you're going to use your escrow company, and uh, you know, what's this? And I'm going to do this. And so um, our sales rep ne- next door, he's like, oh, okay, well, let me see what I can do. I'm going to try to help out and do everything I can. 
you know, and, um, you know, I'm going to ask my boss. And so he came in here and I heard the conversation. I'm like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, right now this guy has got you in the palm of your hand. And I said, now it's not that we're not in the customer service industry. I was like, we are, we're offering service. Yeah. I said, but what people want is certainty, right? Mm, They want certainty that you have a process and that you're going to get the deal closed, any personality type, right? And so there's different ways and different personality types that you can sell to, right? There's drivers and influencers and, you know, um, you know, steady steadies, but you know, it's, you want to make sure that you are coming off with massive certainty. So I said, look, I said, watch this. All right. The guy's name was Mike. I said, Hey Mike, this is Todd Toback. I'm the CEO over here at Get It Done House Buyers. It came to my attention that you have some concerns, right? And I, and I said, can you share those with me? Mm-hmm. And immediately he says, Oh, well, I already told, I already told your other guy, blah, 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 blah. Right. And instead of being apologetic, right. The first thing I turned around, I said, I said, sir, I said, I understand that. But part of my job is to make sure that I have 100% clarity on what our issues are so that if we can clarify these, we can move forward. And he goes and he's like, okay. And I said, so if we can follow these concerns, right, it sounds like we're already on an agreement on price, right? Is that correct or or not correct? He goes, no, that's correct. I said, so if we solve these other issues, are we going to be moving forward? And I went and got that commitment. And so a little bit has to do with posture, but this is something that I teach about getting commitments from the seller. Yeah, yeah. And so I get that yes before I move on. Good. And so he's like, yes. And then all of a sudden, it's just my tone, right? And the way I'm standing, because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sitting down now, I'm standing up, just like I'm doing during this podcast. And so uh, I said, sir, I said, I'll tell you what. I said, uh, I'm willing to cross out the assignment clause. But the one thing that you have to realize is that I'm in this business to make a profit. And so as soon as I buy this house, I'm going to resell it. Do you understand that? Right? And he goes, well, I understand that, but I just don't want you to assign it. I said, okay. But you're okay with me making a profit, uh, making a profit and buying and immediately reselling. Is that correct? Because if that's the case, if that's not the case, I can't do business, mm-hmm. right? And all of a sudden, the guy, that guy's posture totally changed, and he was like a little kitten, meow, 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 meow. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I own the conversation, and then I go, and then he's like, "Well, what about the escrow company?" I go, "Sir, I tell you what, you know, I really stretched on this price for 155. I'm going to cross out the assignment clause, okay? But what I'm not going to do is I can't change my escrow company. This is where we do business. We run all our deals through here. It's it's just the process, and I can't do that, right? And so it's going to have to flow through here. If you're really serious about selling, believe me, this is going to be the easiest way to move forward. Good, right? And so uh, you know, originally he says, "Okay, fine, I'll do that." Didn't didn't you turn that around to, with a question though? Um, one of the things that you can do is I can say like if, if, uh, I'll say, look, if I can't use this, is that a deal breaker? Or you explain what you just said and you just ask, is that reasonable? Yeah. So you can do that too. Right. And so everyone's going to have a little bit of their own different style. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I use questions a lot and that's a great question. Yeah. That's my point was whenever you're brand answering objections like that, you, you try to answer them with a question. Yeah. But uh, the little micro commitments that you know, so it's not it's not just simple as giving your sales guys some scripts to follow, right, Todd? No, you know what we do is we um, we have a, uh, you know some scripts that we use, and it's okay as a good guideline. But what you want to do is follow principles, right? You want to follow principles, and you want to follow steps 
in the sales process. So for instance, in the no limit sell, uh, sales system, there's 10 steps that we use, right? And sometimes the conversation goes different ways, right? Sometimes they jump, jump to, um, you know, uh, nine or excuse me, 10, which is get closed, right? And they're ready to go. And so some uh, people try to like extend the sale when these people are ready to do business today, <laughs> right? And so sometimes you can skip certain steps and go back, right? Sometimes people will give you objections without you getting commitments, right? And so we always say, well, get it, get commitments before you even handle objections, right? It goes, that's back to a posture thing. So for me, it's, it, I find it necessarily impossible to follow a script if you're actually being authentic and natural. And if you're asking the correct questions, you want to use a framework and then work within that framework to make, to, to be most effective. Very good. By the way, I just stood up. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was sitting down. On my, I have one of those desks that raise, you know, with the push of a button. Yeah, yeah. So I'm standing up because I want to be more like Todd. <laughs> Bring it on, baby. So, uh, so you, 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 there's a lot that goes on, Todd, in finding the right guy to do this, as well as the training that you put them through. So, um, talk a little bit, of, if you don't mind, what kind of, because you, you bring in salespeople, you don't do it yourself. Um, you have three or three and a half, I mean, sorry, four people, three, that was horrible. I didn't mean that that way. <laughs> that was, I did not mean that. that well, way. let me say this actually, yeah. and that actually is a good analogy because that fourth person actually works on dispositions and then they work on a little bit with, uh, acquisitions with our co-wholesalers. So maybe right. it is three and a half. Yeah. Okay. All right. So anyway, you've got four people working for you. Um, what kind of person are you looking for when you put out a job? Who are you looking for to hire? Well, before I do that, Joe, the one thing I want to emphasize is that I don't care what your background is. If you're a solopreneur, right, you want to learn how to speak to motivated sellers. You want to master that skill, right, and get that posture. So if you're like, hey, I'm a solopreneur and I'm not going to hire anyone, I'm screwed. No, that's not true, right? As, as, as I mentioned before, we, we hired Brian, who was actually the opposite of who I'd hire today. I know this is crazy, mm. right? I would not have hired Brian today, just that he developed himself into that right person, right? Through the skills. Um, so I, you know, don't get discouraged, but if I was going to hire somebody today, right, I am looking for somebody who falls within the DI spectrum. Okay. If you go to tonyrobbins.com forward slash disc, and I recommend that everyone takes this test. Uh, there's a place where you can take a personality test and it's going to measure you on four categories, personality types, DISC. And what you're looking for is someone who's very, very, very heavy on the DI. D stands for driver, right? And so uh, driver means that um, you drive things forward, right? You don't want a lot of details. You want the broad perspective. You love, the, you love to win the negotiations. Usually these people are um, you know, uh, real influencers, and uh, they, they just like, you know, they're like, bam, 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 bam. So you're going to recognize them. If you've ever been on the phone with this type of person and you've called them, they're like, well, what kind of offer can you give me? Right. They're like, that's the first thing out of their mouth. Right. And all they'll say, uh, you know, how many deals have you done? Or when are we going to close? You know, and they just have to have things their way. Right. And so you've probably recognized that when you've speaking to a motivated seller. But we're looking for that D in a salesperson because they're driving. Okay, to the next step in the sales process. Like if they get a lead, they're like, what's next? What's next? And they're rabid about that lead and they're going to attack it. And they might even drive out to the property if the person says no, right? So for me, I'm actually on the highest scale on the D level, 
Okay, if you take a look at that, um, like if, if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, Todd sounds a lot like me, um, you're probably a D. In addition, though, you, you don't want just that. If they're just a D, um, you know, they're not going to treat your customers correctly. They're very, um, they can be self-centered. Um, you're looking for someone who also has a high I, right? And so, um, and, and maybe the self-centered is the best word, but they're more focused internally, all right? Okay. I is in, uh, influence, all right? And these people, they are like chatty Cathy's. Right, and they love to build rapport. If you're on the phone with them, and you you basically felt that someone did a deal because they really really liked you, they're relationship builders. You know, like they're the ones who are the life of the party, and so that's an I. So you're looking for someone who has the D I combo, right? Who who is sky high on the D and the I. Now these people. Now the reason why you want the D and the I is want to make sure that a they're gonna build rapport with your customers and treat them right and and take care of them and want to help them. And not kill your relationship. So DI is is, is really essential. I am uh, trying to look up my disk test because I took that, and uh, I can't find it here. What do you do if you're not a D or an I or strong in that area, Todd? Can you still do deals? You can absolutely do deals, um, Joe. Just you know, a uh, not to get too personal, but. Where do you where do you fall on that spectrum? Do you think? I'm, that's why I'm trying to pull up my. Uh, first of all, I hate personality tests. Yep, I hate them. So whenever I'm <laughs> taking one, I'm just like, oh, this is so stupid. And uh, I don't know. I've always have hated them. By right. the way, the, the the link is tonyrobbins.com/ue. U as in under, e as in elephant. Really? Uh, yeah. I, yeah. It's <laughs> not tonyrobbins.disc. Dot slash okay. disc anymore. But uh, any, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a good sales guy, though. Right. Well, um, let me say this. A, you've converted deals, right? Sure, yeah. Yourself, right? But uh, remember, Brian, who actually now is the top producer in my company, is actually an SC. And he's actually pretty low on the DI. Hmm. Okay. Right? But he's developed himself, right? He's developed himself, right, through our system, right? And so one of the things about in our culture um, our core values here at our company is excellence, right? But there's a little line underneath that, right? And it says consistently, consistently put forth your personal and professional best, all right? And th- this goes back to also the Aristotle quote that says ex- um, excellence is uh, not an act but a habit. Okay. And so if you're not a salesperson and you're a one-man shop, let's face it, you're not going to hire a salesperson day one in your company, right? But you need to invest in yourself, right, to learn how to speak with sellers, right, and to learn how to convert and to um, learn how to spot who's motivated and who's not. You need to develop yourself, right? And so I'm going to recommend, you know, like there's a, a DI, right, of, of someone who is also going to really, really benefit. Those people are going to be able to do deals, right? And then when they do training, they're going to be able to do deals even better, right? If you're an SC and you find yourself struggling, well, you really need to invest in yourself. That's really, 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 really important. And I go back to Brian because uh, I've had a lot of salespeople run through my company, but he's been the most consistent in terms of training himself, right? And using our system and then also listening to podcasts and CDs and, you know, psycho cybernetics and all that stuff. And he's ironically the best. And he comes in, minds, minds his business, gets on the phone and just converts every single day. Well, yeah, right? he's not that DI. That's a good point too, because this can be learned. 
I don't want people to get discouraged and think that if you're not a high D or an high I and you can't afford to hire people yet, that you can't learn how to do this yourself. You definitely no, and can. Joe, every right. single person, I can tell you, every single person, right, that I've hired, which is great because I'm really glad and thankful that actually Brian was my first hired because it forced me, right, to really put this down on paper, right? And so now every single person that we've brought on in our company has done a deal. Every single person. And we've been through several people, <laughs> right? I mean, we've been through over a dozen sales reps in the past, I don't know, uh, you know, five, six years. Well, I'm looking. I did find my Colby test. And there's Fact Finder, Follow Through, Quick Start, and Implementer. Uh, have you looked at the Colby test? What, what would make a good personality for a sales type? Uh, quick Start, definitely. And what about follow through you need to be high in follow through or um usually those so here's the here's the catch 22 all right and if you're like well uh, follow through means that like uh you're gonna follow through and follow up <laughs> sure hope so someone like me i'm real low on follow through hmm. right i'm real low on follow through right but it's funny but brian he's real high on follow through right and so you can say wow like if I'm if if I'm this other person, you're going to have a distinct advantage because I'm the type of person who's going to follow up relentlessly over time, build my commitment. So one of the things that we do really well is that if we've got a nine o'clock appointment, right? We don't show up at eight fifty nine. We don't show up at nine o one. We knock on that door at nine o'clock, right? Or if it's a phone appointment, it's nine o'clock. Sure. And so we use these mini promises, um, and that's something that I also teach. Mini commitments. We also. Uh, we are truth tellers and we demand the same from our prospects. If, you, if you're listening to this podcast, write that down. Okay. We're truth tellers and we demand the same from our prospects. So we hit them between the eyes with honesty. And then we also ask all the questions that you're wondering in your head that you're scared to ask. Okay. So this is really good stuff because it's important to know who you are, first of all. So you know what you need to work on. I remember, Todd, when I, was, when I first quit my job, or right when I was thinking about quitting my job, I saw somebody post an ad. They were looking to hire an acquisitions manager. And I was thinking about leaving my job, you know, but this guy who posted the job had, was one of the biggest wholesalers in St. Louis at the time. And I went to go meet him, and I'd already done a couple deals under my belt. And uh, he was hard on me. And so he pulls me into his office and says, so tell me why you're a rock star. You know where I'm going with this, Todd. <laughs> I said, "Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I've done some deals. I've got, I've, I have a lot of education. I know how to do real estate, and uh, I'm an engineer, and I, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a smart guy. I can do this. I've done it before, and I just want an opportunity to work with somebody that's doing a lot of deals." And he says, "Well, I don't think you can do it. I don't think engineers, you, you're, your type, you, you, you can't. You're not going to be good at sales. You can't do this job." And he just stared at me. And there was this really awkward, long silence. And I thought, oh, okay. All right, I'm sorry. I put my tail between my legs, Todd, and I walked out of the room. <laughs> now, I, looking back, I know exactly what he was doing. Why, why don't you tell us what he was doing? Did that really happen? Yes, it really did. Oh, my gosh. And I quit, so... my, I quit my job, actually, two years later. And uh, because I was doing so many deals, but he, he pissed me off. 
mm-hmm. but I didn't do anything about it at the time. Tell me, tell the uh, tell the group, uh, the podcast here, Todd. What what should I have done? What would a good salesman have done? Sure. Well, that's a concept that uh, that he probably learned from Chet Holmes, the late Chet Holmes, right. uh, from the Ultimate Sales Machine. Right. And so that's the exact process that we use to find people. And I don't want to go too far off track, Joe, because most of these uh, people listening to this podcast um, are really focusing on converting deals themselves. But I'll talk a little bit about uh, at least a little bit of the psychology. And so if you're not this person. You know, you can learn how to be this person for a short time, and then eventually, once you have a lot of revenue, right, you can hire a good salesperson. Right. Um, but what we do is, which instead is, of people, which is what I did, by the way. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Which is what, yeah, exactly what you did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is great, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but what he's doing is looking for that high D personality. Yep. Right. And so anyone can take a personality test, right? And if they're smart, they can game it a little bit. Right. And so if you take it, don't game it. Right. But what he's, he's not really, he doesn't really care about what's on your resume. He wants to see what you do. Yeah. And so anybody, when you say, Hey, look, I'm looking for a rock star, is that what they, uh, what a good salesperson will do is they'll tell you why they're a rock star. And if they say, if you say, I'm not hearing it, you're looking for some kind of comeback. Yep. Like, like one person said to Chet Holmes, What are you, deaf? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> And he hired that guy, and he wound up being one of the top sales reps in his company, right? Or, or you know, but if you're if you hear somebody who says, you know, yeah, okay, well, thank you, maybe they're not the right person for you because they don't have a huge ego. You're looking for someone with a very, very, very high ego, a very high um, view of oneself, right? And that doesn't necessarily make them a bad person. It's just that it's going to let them excel in sales. And so when they have a few rejection days, they're going to be able to get after it and get after it and get after it, and eventually close those deals. There's also a second part of that interview, though. Remember, if they pass that first part of the test, is you bring them in, and then you all of a sudden you're super nice to them. And then you want to start asking them really, really, really personal questions. So, for example, I did an interview one time with somebody who passed that D test. I mean, this guy was um, off the chart D. I mean, he came at me really hard, and he was like, I came from this amazing network marketing company, and I was the highest performing rep, and I was making $15,000 a month before this company went out of business, and it was doing amazing. And I was like so excited for him. Yeah. So then I brought him in, and now I'm looking for the ability to build rapport and bond with me. Right. And so he then shared with me, I asked him a question. I'm like, okay, t- tell me about your relationship with your parents. And uh, ironically, uh, he like froze up, hmm. right? Froze up. And uh, I, I wound up asking him some personal questions about uh, his mother had passed away. And so I, I wound up asking him some personal questions about uh, really his mom and the situation. And uh, he basically like ended the interview, right? Couldn't handle it. Wow. And he sent me this long scathing email after the email. I was like, hey, that was none of your business. And, you know, I can't believe you asked me that. You're such a jerk. Wow. And I looked back at the interview and I'm like, you know, ironically, I said during our interview process, I lost track of the fact that we were in an interview. I said, the reason why I asked you that was actually I've had some of the same challenges with my mom, and that was a really good opportunity for us to build rapport. And I said, and, and, and I said you blew that chance, right? And so we didn't hire the guy. Um, but what we're really looking for, again, is someone who can spot things like that, really connect with somebody and understand their true needs. 
in the transaction. That's also something part of the, what we do in our training is we build rapport to find the real need of the seller. Everybody out there, Joe, is competing on price, right? They're competing on price. And so if you're listening to this and you're competing on price, it's a race to the bottom, right? You're going to run around and work harder and harder and harder, right, to make less and less and less money. That's ludicrous, right? So you have to find out as a salesperson what the seller values most in the transaction. And I can tell you that if they call off a postcard, it's not price. They wouldn't be calling you because if that was the case, they would have called one of the realtors who sent them a postcard or the 10 postcards with a shiny face on it and the big hair. (laughs) Right, right, right. Right? So why are they on the phone with me or you? Right. And so it's your job as a salesperson to find that out and deliver that value. That's interesting. And that's super powerful because you want to make sure you have the right people on the right bus. And uh, <laughs> looking back, though, that did something to me that I'm, I'm so glad he did that to me, though, because it made me really question myself, did I really want this? And could I really do it? And because he told me I couldn't, Man, I was shaken up. I was really shaken up because I'd done deals. I knew I could do it. And so I was on this mission to prove him wrong. And I've never talked to the guy since. I, he's still doing deals in St. Louis. And he probably doesn't even remember me. But, man, that made me mad. I remember that. And then I heard you talking about that a couple of years ago, this whole concept. And it reminded me of that again. But um, interesting. So, Todd, I think a lot of people listening to this are are – Maybe thinking, you know what, I'm not that sales guy, um, or I do, I am that sales guy, but I have no idea how to even start or like what, what kind of, is this something you can just give somebody a, a book? How can somebody learn this stuff? And is it, and another question, Todd, um, is it better to try to, become better at this yourself or is it better to spend your energy trying to find somebody else who is already good at this? Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. Well, here's one thing I'm going to be very, very emphatic about. If you're in this business and you don't know how to convert yourself yet at the highest level, right? You have no business hiring a salesperson. Okay. Okay. You must know how to convert at the highest level yourself, right? You've got to have experience doing deals. And so for me, you know, there comes a point in business where you're going to have like a lot of money in the bank and a big war chest, and you can go and hire that person immediately because they have more expertise than you. Okay, but because of the age of the wholesaling market, this industry, it's not that old. There aren't people out there who's like, hey, I've got 20 years of experience locking up houses, right? You're not going to find that, right? And so you're going to have to train that person. And so I would recommend A, investing in yourself. Remember, uh, you know, I've hired and trained all kinds of people, right? On the even on the other end of the spectrum, right? And they've seen dramatic results, right? So for me, I, I would say don't run out and hire a salesperson right away, right? Invest in your own learning so that when you do find that rock star, you can share your information. And believe me, if you're not a rock star right now, and then you you get much better, and then eventually you hire a rock star, right? They're going to be that much better. But don't go rush out and say, well, I'm just going to throw this on somebody else. Yeah. Um, the second thing is that if you already have a sales team, right, or if you're already doing deals, um, I would invest in them also. 
I, I would invest in them also, right? So yeah, first I'd recommend getting better yourself and then I'd recommend teaching your team. All right, so how does one go about getting better themselves at this stuff? Well, I'd like to, I think we talked about this, Joe. We're going to do a webinar, aren't we? Yes, that, right. was, that was my layup. Right, so you know, one of the things that I would talk about yeah. is um, we're, I'm going to do a webinar with Joe. And if you're serious about closing more deals, uh, you want to do more assignment fees, have bigger profits, and also have more fun in the process, I'm going to be teaching that with Joe on a uh, live webinar. And we're going to show you how to make that happen. I'm going to talk about the five principles of the no limit sales system. And uh, we'd love to share that. We're going to have a great time and we're going to give away a ton of free content um, and show you guys how to uh, shoot conversions through the roof. And, and one of the things that I l love about teaching this stuff is that it teaches you how to have fun on the telephone. And if you're listening to this and you, you don't know me very well, we lock up about 90% of our deals right over the telephone, right? We don't sit around driving around properties, wasting gas and time and energy. We use the telephone and fax and email and notaries to do all of our deals. So once you do that, you're going to start saving yourself a tremendous amount of time and your business will be a lot more fun. So what are we doing that webinar, Joe? Well, we're going to do it. I'm going to just give people a domain right now. I'm going to go buy this domain. Tell me if you like it. ToddREIWebinar.com. Do you like that? Sure. All right. It's available. I'm looking right now. Yes. I'm going to go ahead and buy it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, guys, go to ToddREIWebinar.com. ToddREIWebinar.com. And uh, that will point you to the date and time of when we're going to do this webinar. And this is, I'm telling you guys, listen very closely. This is probably one of the most important podcasts that we've ever done. I can't underestimate or under, understate the, the value of what Todd is talking about. Because so many people are wasting all this money on marketing because they don't know how to close on the phone. When they're talking to a seller, they don't know how to convert that lead into a deal. And it's not something where you can just take a script and you know have all of the questions kind of pre-done for you in advance. It's a skill that you need to learn and you need to practice and you need to take very seriously, mm -hmm. especially if you're in a competitive market or even if you're not. If you want to do more deals, bigger deals, this is the most important training that you can get your hands on. If you want to learn the, the million-dollar skill, in this business is sales. You can take somebody that doesn't know a thing about real estate. And that's the easy part, training somebody how to do real estate. The challenging part, the most important skill somebody that you need to learn, your team needs to learn is how to close on the phone. Mm -hmm. Not just on the phone, but how to close in person, right? How to do this relentless follow-up and get these cold dead leads, turn them into deals. And not just $5,000 deals. We're talking big, big deals, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 deals that you, I mean, Todd, would you pass up a $5,000 deal right now? Yes. Okay. There's no way I do $5,000 deal. And let me mention this, actually. I had a very good friend, a mutual friend of ours. I won't say his name and don't hint at it because you're, 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 okay. <laughs> you're good at that. All right. All right. Um, All right. Uh, we were in a market, uh, we were in Oklahoma city. And the first thing he said to me was, uh, if you come into this market, right, people only do $5,000, uh, wholesale fees here. Mm -hmm. Right. And underneath my breath, I did a little chuckle and I said, okay. Right. Cause you know, I'm that DI. I was like, bring it on. 
Yep, yep. <laughs> right? Our first deal that we did, right, in a brand new market, first campaign, 13500 right? Nice. And, uh, and that was like with a really, really weak buyer's list, right? And then we went on to do, you know, several five-figure deals in that market, um, you know, over the next couple of months, which was, which was awesome, right? But, you know, another kid, um, it's funny, uh, his name was Chris. I met him at Starbucks and he called me up or he came up to me because I was actually on the phone with you, Joe. This is crazy. I was on the phone with you. Hmm. We were talking wholesaling. As soon as I came off the phone, he goes, hey, are you Todd Toback? And I said, yeah. He goes, I listened to your podcast. He goes, hey, I've been mailing, uh, sending letters, but I can't convert. I can't do deals. Right. And so I sat there and I role played with a little, uh, role played with him a little bit. And I said, do me a favor. I said, don't spend any more money on mail. He's like, what? I said, I don't spend any more money on mail. I want you to work with your existing leads. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Three days ago, he calls me up. He says, Todd, I've got a deal. I found it off Craigslist. I locked it up. Will you partner with me on it? Right. We partnered it. We partnered together. We co wholesaled it. Guess how much the Simon fee is? 10 grand, 28 grand, 20 <laughs> Craigslist. So that this is, I think this is the most important skill. I just said this, but guys, I know so many people, Todd, that, that have maybe done a lot of marketing and they're discouraged because they're sitting on all these leads and they don't have any, they've not done any deals. Yep. They don't realize they're sitting on a gold mine, right? Uh, just interviewed a guy on our podcast. Uh, he's in San Francisco. His name is Haim. And he's doing a bunch of deals in Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis is a competitive market, right? What is he doing? He's getting on the phone and networking. Okay? He's getting on the phone and networking. He's also making a ton of offers on the uh, MLS. Yeah. But, but there's no excuse. There's no excuse. If you've got 100 leads, which most people who've been doing any, any amount of marketing for a little while has at least 100 leads in their database. There's no excuse why you can't take those old leads and start calling them, nurturing them again, and turning them into deals, right? Right. Well, uh, before, before we uh, finish up, Joe, there's also a reason why people don't call, right? It's because they're on the phone and they're getting beat up by sellers. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so if they get beat up, you're not going to pick up the phone. If you got the wrong posture, you're going to hate getting kicked in the you-know-what, right? And so the biggest thing is getting that posture and then knowing who you should be speaking to. So if you get on the telephone and you qualify somebody and you ask the right questions, right? And then you dig out the real motivation because people lie all the time, right? So if you can use it, something that I'm going to teach on the webinar called a negative mismatch, right? Is that when that seller lies to you and tell you there's not an issue and you use the right question, it's going to dig out the real information. And now, you know, you can spend time with this prospect, Right. Or if you're going to do a negative mismatch, right, and you find out that that person isn't motivated, well, you don't have to follow up with that person right now, right? But the key is getting on the telephone, knowing what to say, asking the right questions, driving the sale forward, and spending your time with the right people, yeah. right? You don't need to spend more. I mean, spending more money on marketing is great, and you should do it. But you shouldn't waste money because I've sent, I've spent, uh, sent out as many as 200,000 postcards in a month. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. <laughs> um, and I can tell you there's not a direct correlation to the amount of postcards you're sending and the revenue you generate. There is a big point of diminishing returns. Okay. Big point. So we, we could talk about that a little bit about that. I'm super pumped, though. you got to get on the webinar. So this is something, too, that I don't want you guys to be intimidated by this either because this is something anybody can learn. Anybody. 
anybody, even if you just made an incremental improvement, a small little improvement in your sales and negotiating skills, and just maybe learn the right questions to ask, you'll get the confidence over time. You start making little steps and improving your, just asking the right questions. Maybe instead of sitting down, just standing up and smiling while you're talking instead of instead of imagining the phone as a cactus okay it's it's little simple steps like that and you can see huge improvements right. uh what Todd's going to be talking on this webinar is 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 not overwhelming it's not going to be intimidating it's it's something that anybody can take and learn i would suggest get your whole team on this webinar if you're listening to this and you've got a team of people working with you Get your VAs on the webinar. Get your assistant on the webinar. Get your team and start just practicing this little stuff that we talk about. It's, it's good to game changer, guys. This is the most important thing that any real estate investor has to learn. Hey, Joe, Joe, one of the things about not being intimidated, too, and I really want to encourage you, right, you know, if you are on the webinar or not, yeah. right? Remember, when we first hired that first acquisition manager, right, I, I'm telling you, he could barely get the words out of his mouth, Right. Yeah. And now he does seven figures for our company annually. Wow. And that's right? just, and so, that's his commissions. No, 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 no. He doesn't do seven figures himself. He does six figures himself. That okay. That's what I'm sorry. That's what I meant. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. That's still really good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, good, good. So Todd reiwebinar dot com. Uh, that if you go to that page, by the time we release this podcast, we'll have the date and time for the webinar on there. Todd, this has been really, really good. If somebody wants to just reach out to you right now, should I, should, can they go to your uh, No Limits podcast website? Yeah, go to nolimitsrealestateinvesting.com if you want to check out our, our site. Uh, we got a lot of great content on there, but uh, I just want to emphasize, if you want to change your business uh, for the better, get on the live webinar. I mean, there's something about taking massive action and taking that next step that uh, just initiates action. So you can go to our website. Um, I got some downloads there for you. Uh, otherwise, I'll see you on the webinar. Good. Todd, R-E-I, webinar.com. Thanks again, Todd, and uh, we'll talk soon. I appreciate your time. Cool. Thanks, Joe. All right, see ya.